my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hello, divas. <laughs> Welcome to another Masterclass episode. I am so thrilled to have Ariana Weir, who is a Brazilian-born soprano. She's sung traditional operatic roles as well as contemporary repertoire. She has performed with Washington National, Opera in the Heights, Brava Opera Theater, Naples Philharmonic, Opera Louisiane, and a bunch more, just all over the place. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is Ariana de uh, debuted the roles of the girlfriend, or girlfriend number one, nurse, and congregant in blue at the 2019 Glimmerglass Festival. And she's going to reprise those at Washington National and Seattle and a bunch of other places. <laughs> and so one of my other favorite things about this episode is that Ariana also recently completed her MBA. And we'll talk about that beautiful intersection of music and business as well. So before I keep going on and fangirling about her, I hope you enjoy this episode with the wonderful and lovely Ariana Weir. Hooray! Ariana, welcome to Studio Class, the podcast. And this is a masterclass episode where I invite some of my favorite thinkers and, and musicians and artists to come share their incredible wisdom with me mainly, but I also make it available to all, like, all the listeners. <laughs> so Ariana, I would, I would love for you to just take a few moments to introduce yourself and say kind of, you know, give us a little bit of a background on who you are and some of the things that we'll probably talk about in, in this episode together. Sure. Happy to be here. Longtime listener, first time guest. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a singer. Um, I received my education at Louisiana State University mm -hmm. and the Go Tigers yeah. and um, then did the YAP thing, right? The summer YAP that then led to a spring YAP, which led to a year long YAP, which led to an A-house YAP. Wow. Um, so finished that and then um, was like, oh, I have to figure out how to make a living doing this. Um, when people aren't just handing you roles and stuff, they're just navigating um, that. And in addition to being a singer, um, I just got my MBA in May. Congratulations. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, what, what is time? Yeah, right. Because um, I had been working um, in the consulting space uh, in a remote job since I left um, Washington yeah. Um, which really was just such a lifesaver for me because I had some gigs on my calendar, but they were pretty far in the year. And I was like, well, I got to pay bills from this time to this time. How is that going to happen? And it was just a great introduction into kind of the business world, um, which was super freeing for me to not uh, have to take all of my work so personally. Yeah. Um, so that that had been a nice change. And then um, singing had been, you know, going well each year, sort of something different or new or better than the last year, which is interesting because every year I do say that I'm going to quit. And then something, <laughs> and then something really cool happens and I go, OK, I guess I won't. Wait, is that part of the ritual now where you're like, oh, it's time for me to say I quit. So something cool comes up. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess. Um, <laughs> so it's, I mean, you know, what, it, what is for you is for you. And I, I never, 
I never plan my singing life. Like I have to sing here. I have to sing this role. I have to do this thing. I have to be a part of this. Um, I had always said from the very, very beginning, I just want to work. Yeah. And I don't really care where it is. It's super nice if it's at, you know, an A house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also fine if it's in small town opera theater basement performance. That's also mm-hmm. fine too. I just um, wanted to work and also like be paid for yeah. that work. <laughs> yeah. um, so I've never put any sort of like constraints on what that would look like. It just sort of is changing and evolving and is. Um, I've been really lucky in the way that some of that has opened up for me. Um, so now after getting my MBA, I work sort of in the project management space, yeah. um, which has also been really nice. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about what project management is? Yeah. So essentially it is, um, you're dealing with projects, right? And projects have like a start and an end. And you were supposed to make sure that they start when they're supposed to start, they end when they're supposed to stop, and that you stay within you know budget. Mm-hmm. Um, getting these things done. And that, that can look any kind of way, right, for any business that you're a part of. Um, so one of the things I do, I work for a consulting firm that deals with like marketing and branding. So I, I do some project things for that just because there's so many different um, work streams happening mm-hmm. with that firm just to make sure that we're like on top of it. And um, we've kind of grown really fast, like we've doubled in size from May to like now and then are set to like double again so just making sure that everything is like together and then I've done some work with some art startups this year um kind of in the same vein because I like you know being an opera singer too I I like being a team player right you know it's sure you're the one that's singing or it's your aria but like an entire huge team of people that will not be seen from stage have put all of their time and talents into making this happen. Yes. So it's not, I'm, I'm, I, I never feel like I'm really achieving anything, you know, by myself in right. a good way. Right. Um, so then to apply that to the business mindset, it's just like, you know, we're all on a team and I'm just trying to make sure that everybody is, has what they need to like succeed. And if we don't like, let's figure it out. Um, Cause I do love, I love solving problems mm-hmm. and I love, um, kind of matchmaking with like solutions, which I do singing wise. Anytime I hear, oh, you know, we've lost this role. Do you have any people? And I'm like, here's a list of a million people yeah. that I think is awesome for this. Or anytime I see like, oh, this is, you know, a residency that could be good. I fire that off to my composer friends, my mm-hmm. dancer friends. Um, just because I'm like, if the stuff's out there, I want my friends to get it. Exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> so I, um, so I kind of love that sort of resource matchmaking mm-hmm. thing. And it's also nice to achieve in a team where it doesn't feel like everything is on your shoulder. Because yeah. <laughs> um, there, you know, when you are singing, right, at, at some point, like it's it's on you, how right. you, you sell a thing or it goes. <laughs> and, you know, you are the one that has to win the audition or do well in the competition. So it's kind of nice to take a step back um, and operate in a world that's much more objective. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been like healthy. For yes. Me. Well, and I was just going to ask you, I think that, I think that creatives and singers are, are like singers as being part of creative are 
are uniquely suited for things like project management because like there's just so much that <laughs> kind of inherently goes in. And I really think that practicing is just problem solving usually. And so like, since we have spent so many years like practicing, we're just, you know, we just really like problem solving. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of it is like, I was kind of drawn to it because we're already doing it. Yeah. You know, we're already doing it in our own lives where someone's giving you a contract and you accept it and you go, okay, first day of rehearsal is this day. And between now and then I have to learn this. So how am I going to do it? How am I going to schedule it? How am I going to build in, um, you know, enough days of like repetition and rest and practice. So it's like, we're, we're already doing it. Right. Or it's like, you know, you have X amount of dollars and you're supposed to do X amount of auditions. How does, how does that math work (laughs) out? Um, So, and, and yeah, it is, I, I do, I agree with practice as problem solving now, just because, I don't know, I feel like I've been in the game for a while. I didn't really practice last year because I just couldn't. Yeah. And I would if I had something, like if there um, was a gig or a workshop or something digital that I had to record, I would practice so I could do that. But I wasn't just practicing to practice. And the interesting thing about that to me was like, oh, like, it's like riding a bike. Like, I didn't lose this technique. I didn't, you know, lose my understanding of how these things work. So that also is really freeing, too. And, you know, the longer that you do this, or the more people that you you work with, and you really internalize how they problem solve, right? If they're coaches or teachers or whatever, then you get very good at being like, mm, I wasn't pleased with that. Why wasn't I pleased with that? Oh, I think this should be more forward. What do I have to do to do that? I have to do this. Let's do it again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> exactly. sort of, um, you're really able to like laser in um, things that you're not super pleased with, or you thought that could be better. Yeah. Um, so that's been nice to learn that I don't have to feel bad about, oh, well, if I only have this many days to prepare this and it's like, it's okay. Like I got it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, like balance is, you know, possible between working, not singing and yeah. working, singing. Definitely. Um, so it, it, it is possible. It is possible. I think you're right. And I think we've probably all had situations where the, the particular things that we were doing weren't balancing. And then you have to kind of take a next step and be like, oh, okay, well this this grouping of things isn't quite right. So let me see if I can try something else, you know, where, so I think for anybody listening, I definitely understand that feeling of being in a life situation where maybe your job and singing are conflicting and right. And you're like, okay, well, I need to change something. <laughs> like, so I definitely, definitely understand that. But I do think I, you know, have a very similar experience where my administrative life definitely informs my creative life and vice versa and and balance is possible you know it it feels good to do those things that you're passionate about in multiple ways yeah for sure and I also think you know as a singer right I mean I will sing as long as people want me to yeah so you know like I because I I don't get to hire myself right yeah so I could have a super, super long career and I hope for that, but also tomorrow the opera world could decide that they don't like me anymore and they don't want to hire me. Like I don't have anything to do with that, but it's the preparation, right. Of that next act Mm -hmm. about what it is that 
I'm going to do what it is that other artists are going to do and sort of building that golden parachute for yourself whenever that comes. So that was part of my thinking in getting the MBA and being involved with um, some of the businesses and organizations that I've been involved with, because like, it's up to me to figure out how my life is going to go. And I would rather not wait for institutions to care about me because (laughs) as we all kind of know from last year, like you're going to be waiting for a long time. Right. Right. As as nice as many of the people are that are cogs in those big wheels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it just always felt better to me to have to control what I could control. Yes. Right. So even singing wise, I, I have no control over whether the day that the panel is having or if they ate a yucky lunch or if they're, <laughs> you know, unhappy with something at home and then yeah. had to come here. I have no control over that. But what I do have control over is, you know, do I have the level of like education and experience that most of the people that are getting these types of jobs have? Cool. And do I have my like arias? figured out that I want to sing and present in a way that in the best way that I can that day. Yep. Okay. Do, am I wearing something that is professional for this job interview, but is also comfortable and reflects like who I am. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, are my materials together? Yep. Cool. Like it's just all the stuff that you can control, like try to control it because I have no say after what happens beyond that, but at least I can go, I did my job because like, that is the job. That's the job. It's not when you get the contract that you're doing the job. Like it's mm-hmm. everything that is the culmination of when you get it, what you do with it. Yeah. Um, and I've always, I don't know, I guess like the business singing different sides of the coin was that I also made a decision to be really, um, like meticulous and sort of like systemic about how I approached my singing career, which has also helped me in my other work now. So like I make spreadsheets, I make spreadsheets for like all the competitions that I was going to do. And then I would update them. Um, So I would know here's the deadlines, you know, this one's video, but this one's audio and this needs does this need a recommendation letter for some reason? Does this need yeah. whatever? And then it would just be there. So I would know, okay, I'm interested in doing this. I'm not interested in doing this. Oh, this one, they're paused for a year. Cool. This is this to be organized. And then I kept a spreadsheet for a couple of years um, before I had management of every single person that I've ever sung for that season, wow, yeah. what I offered, what the results were, if there were any comments that someone gave. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know it's so hard to think about when you're in school or you're just out of school and you're like starting out and trying to like claw your way into this career, but it really is the culmination of our efforts that determines like how we are perceived as artists, right? Mm -hmm. It is very rare that any one day is going to tilt the scales that much. Obviously we want to do as well as we possibly can. Right. You know, like we wouldn't be doing this and put up with all of the other things <laughs> if we if we didn't make that commitment to ourselves. But it because it is, you know, the culmination of these efforts to be organized like that. And you can see like, oh, I've actually had really positive reactions when I start with this or when I don't start with this. And again, like, you know, causation and correlation are not necessarily linked, but at least you have some data to go on. Yeah. 
um, which is always helpful because like feedback is the treasure when you're a young artist, which I hate that because like what what is young and that's right, I don't right. know. <laughs> right. That's so dumb. But when you're like starting out and right. wherever you are. Yep. Um and it's really stinky sometimes that in order to get the feedback that you need to be advancing, you have to be one of the chosen ones in a program or a young artist program or you know be connected to the right people. So anything that you can kind of do to just be organized and like take control over your career is great because then people are like, oh, they're super serious about this. When I was in conversations with managers, I could go, hey, here's a list of all the people that I've sung for in the past three years and what happened. And that was great because I could go, oh, like, you know, instead of hoping and like, oh, you know, do you know so-and-so or have you heard of that? They can just go, Mm -hmm. oh, they heard you with this. They didn't, but that was two years ago. Let's try again. Or so just anything to just, like help you have control over what you can't control while also demonstrating to other people that like you are this is like this is your job like you are serious about this yeah um so I don't know maybe that's where my tolerance of spreadsheets happen (laughs) you know I love some spreadsheets (laughs) I I just I I love organization it's very fun Well, but, I have um, a favorite, favorite phrase, you know, that just kind of sticks with me. It's like, whatever you track grows. And so it kind of reminds me of that is like, when you're organized, when you track things, when you track feedback, when you track other metrics, uh, what you track grows. And so part of that is not thinking that every single audition is kind of up to chance, but what you're saying, it's, it's cumulative. Like you are, you are the person who's accumulating the experiences and taking and creating your own inferences with the information that you're given. So I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a mindset shift, right? So instead of it being like the people that are making these decisions have all the power and I have none, it's like recalibrating that. And yes, it is accumulation of our efforts, which is kind of, you know, not fun. Like when we don't get things, but then again, we can't say when we actually do that, presenting that aria at that time wasn't also important or singing in front of these people at that time wasn't also important. And what's also helped me because I do have kind of the benefit of hindsight right now, having been doing this for a while is that sometimes no, isn't no. Sometimes no is just not now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if it's not now, then it wasn't a waste to, you know, present those things for those people where you did. Exactly. exactly. I know that doesn't make it feel better, you know, when we're rejected from things, but (laughs) it does help if it's like everything. My, my college teacher who was like a big Alexander teacher, very holistic. She would say, um, you know, everything is for my own benefit. And it would drive me nuts because (laughs) I would be like, I can't believe I didn't get this. Or I thought this audition was great because I had a lot more energy to waste. Um, when I was younger and she would just say you know everything is for your own benefit and I'd be like oh but now I'm like okay I kind of get it yeah well it's definitely a mindset shift for real especially taking that phrase on and going like yep everything is for my own benefit even when it feels sucky (laughs) like you're like "Hmm." right those are tricky ones to kind of wrap your head around when when you're like oh yeah but it is in some weird way yes this is like so I one of the things that I found really interesting about what you said is that 
it's hard to get feedback sometimes from those experiences where you don't necessarily move on. And I think that's one of the really isolating things about being in, in your career. And you never know. I've had an experience, I'm sure you've had experiences like this where you've, you've gone up for an audition or an opportunity or something like that. And they are like, no, we're not casting you in anything. But then that experience, they remembered you and they were like, but you're perfect for this thing. Like later, they come back to you at some point. And the not now or not, not yet in the moment feels like a bummer for real. But then they, then something else happens that, you know, they, and it just, you can never tell. And so even if you don't, you don't move on, it's so hard to not take that, that rejection. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about maybe the shift into everything's for my own benefit or how that, how you've dealt with that, um, that feeling when, when we're rejected from things. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first thing that I would say, like when you're first starting out and you're trying to audition for young artist programs and stuff like that, um, it's important to up your averages. Mm-hmm. So if you can afford it, try to get every audition you possibly can get. One, that's going to help you statistically be more successful, right? Right. But two, you are learning about yourself and your audition process and the mechanics of auditions in a way that you just can't learn it without doing them. Yes. Um, So, and in that way, you know, my, this is so funny because, okay, so I, I got out of grad school. I did my first like summer young artist program. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm sure I was a mess. I don't know. I know that I like learned all my music and it was fine, but like I had never been in this environment sort of before and it felt sort of very high pressure. And um, so I did that and, you know, was trying to look at how, how do I convert this experience into like more things? Cause mm-hmm. I knew I had a yap the next like January to like April already. But, right. So I had coming like, you know, August to January to like, try to figure out what to do. And then I ended up moving to a new city unexpectedly. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to try to like audition and figure stuff out. And that's so funny because that's actually when I found 29 Days to Diva and like the (laughs) old podcast, because I, you know, we are being surrounded by music and people and like the business and then you're not. And then it's sort of like, am I a part of it anymore? Am I still progressing how I should be? So it like came in at like a perfect time so I could feel connection with like the music world at large when I was just kind of toiling away, trying to figure mm-hmm. stuff out. And that fall, I did 22 auditions and I got one thing. Whew. Oh, that feels intense, right? Like, but, and again, like it, it all ended up being fine because, you know, things beget things and exactly. It, it, it ended up being fine. But at that point, you know, doing 22 auditions and getting one thing feels way different than doing four auditions and getting no thing. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. So I, I know people that they don't do very many, many auditions for whatever reason during the year. And then when you don't get something, it feels way worse. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know people that, you know, you're going to take a bottle of wine into the bathtub and, you know, do all <laughs> that. But then I was like, okay, but if I'm doing 22 auditions, I can't do it after the 21 that I don't get. You know what I mean? So upping my averages was really important at the beginning. And then once you're out of young artist world and you're moving into like freelance main stage world, you are going to have less auditions just because that's the way that stuff works. Exactly. Um, 
And I was like, well, I can't fall apart after every single one. Now there are some that hurt more than others. Um, and for me, I give myself a day, you know, I give myself a day to like cry and be mad or do whatever. And then, um, I have to keep going because I'm going to have a career regardless of what this thing said, right. That's my goal. Um, and also when I was doing, you know, young artist applications and stuff, every single time that I would get a no, I would go, all right, I got to put another application. And I would just like put in another one. Yep. Again, I understand that not everyone can do that. And there's financial barriers and lots of poopy things about how the system operates in the United States. But every time I got a no, I'd go, all right, let's try it again. Yep. What's next? And just kind of cycle it into it. Um, and also like, they're not rejecting me as a person, right? You know, right? Yeah. And it and it could be, and even before, like if it's just a, you know, it's just a resume thing, or it's like a whatever thing, and you didn't even get the thing, which like kind of stinks. But you know, even if I did, I just kind of go, did I do the best that I could do that day? Yeah. And that's the job. Like that's the job is that, and then the perseverance and the resilience of doing that over and over again until somebody says yes. Right. Yep. But the work doesn't stop while you don't have a contract for something. Yep. So I think reframing it as like more of a holistic idea is going to be helpful. Um, and then I'll, one thing that I will say about the, you know, no, not now. So I, I was in the Caper Chingars program from 2015 to 2017. So that means that I auditioned in 2014. But in 2013, I had sent my materials in for an audition and I didn't get one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which be- knowing what I knew about the composition of that year, there really wasn't going to be space for me. So like that actually was a kindness of them to do um, because they, there were no Sopranos leaving, yeah. but I didn't know that because like, I didn't know anything when right. I was auditioning <laughs> then, but um, you know, and it's like, the first year I don't even get an audition. The second year I get into the program. Yeah. I don't believe that I'm was fundamentally a different singer from one year to another. Right. But it just was like that preparation opportunity and luck happening all uh, at the right time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everybody has their own way of like dealing with rejection and like working it out and, um, you know, it, it, it happens, right? Like there's always ones that I'm like, why do I even do this? I'm right. Like, Come on, like, you have stuff to do, but it, it, it happens. And it's like, it's human and like feel the emotion and then like, let it go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I thought what you said about that is the first year you didn't get an audition and that, and you're, you're right. You're not, you're not a fundamentally different singer necessarily, but they were a different program the second time around and it was the right time. And, and so those are the things that I also come back to each time is I have no idea what, you know, I, they don't make that side more transparent with, like, so you're going up and you're like, here you go. I'm just trying to put myself forward for this. And, and I know a lot of people that take the, the first no pretty personally and then go, okay, they they never want to hear from me again. And I'm like, no, sometimes you just got to keep trying it out 
you'll know after a while if it's just right. a, a no forever, right. but, <laughs> but like, okay. not after the first one, you have no idea. <laughs> I, and also, you know, there's, there's a company that I do like and I, you know, that lots of my friends have worked there. I won't, yeah. but, um, you know, after I was like a four-time finalist for this job and I kept not getting it, I was like, I, I think I know. And yeah. that's okay. <laughs> right. Like there ended up being other things and other opportunities. So it wasn't the end of the world, but I was like, oh, I kind of know. Yep. And another thing that I would say that, um, definitely has helped is the people that I know that are in charge of casting at like the biggest places. They keep spreadsheets on people and they update them every single time that they hear someone. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and that includes in, you know, in audition and performance in sort of uh, young artist scenes, yep. stuff like that. They are updating them all the time and have like years, which is kind of horrifying to think that there's probably, you know, all these years of like singing data <laughs> on me saved on one of these people's computers. <laughs> They're but, like, oh, I remember, I remember 2012. Right, I remember like, you say, and I'm like, please don't. You're, you're like, ah, that, no, you can let that Ooh. that year go. <laughs> right. <Ooh. laughs> um, but that also is like helpful, right? Yeah. Because that helps confirm that it is the culmination of of our our efforts and things. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, people want to track. They want to track and see kind of what people are doing and like the momentum. And again, it like it's so hard to create momentum when you don't have it. But a thing that I made for myself when I was leaving the program and I had like a gig or two and, but it wasn't a full calendar by any means was that, okay, I need to like be creating this momentum for myself. How do I do that? Um, And one of the ways that I did that was through international competition because the, application process for some of these competitions is the absolute worst and it takes forever and it's a million pages and it's like it's so that alone is cutting people out right because right. people look at it and go oh I have to do all this I'm not doing right. this right? right and then you know some of them the fees are more expensive up front but generally you're getting like 80 percent of that feedback if they pick you yeah Right. So that seems like, or they like give it back if they don't pick you or they take some of it for whatever, but it's all, it seems much more humane the way that some of them do that versus um, some competitions here. Right. So I was like, okay, maybe this is a way that I can fill my calendar. I love to travel. I'm also trying not to pay for it with my own money. So that really was a way to fill my calendar put me in front of people that I may or may not have ever been able to get auditions with and to make it look like, you know, special and busy or whatever. That it's like, Oh, she's in Japan. She's in China. She's in the Netherlands. She's in, you know, Russia or England or whatever. So that was kind of a thing that I did um, to help fill those gaps for me. Uh And it also helped you learn about like well what would it be like if I had to like do a whole show in this place that is unfamiliar to me or you know what (laughs) if I'm singing in front of this panel of people then it's like all the big decision makers in the whole wide world what what am I gonna do like can I can I do it yeah um so I that became like a, a niche thing for me and even if it's you know people that I ended up not 
working with, with management or their, you know, different colleagues or whatever, they'll be like, oh, I just saw that you were at this place where it's like, you know, people keep track sort of yeah, of yeah. things like that. So that ended up being kind of a good thing for me to do to fill my calendar. Yeah. Um, and again, like you don't even have to win or like be yeah. a finalist for some of these things for like opportunities to come your way because you never know who's listening or who's coming in or um, so especially if they're like on that scale. So yeah. if people are interested in that, kind of look at what the what is it, the World Federation of Music Competition. Yeah. yeah look yeah. at those, see what's for voice, because as we all know, there's some that are like not as legit. Yep. But if they're on that list, I mean, you know, this is like the, you know, Queen Sonia's and the Belvedere's and yep. the sort of, you know, um, different ones like that that are gonna be worth your time. Yeah. to actually try to do. Oh, that's really, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of it like that. And that's very cool. And also what you were saying, just, just about auditions alone, when we were talking about, you don't know what you're going to be like until you're in the room. And so you just have to keep getting in the room all the time. And I think that also competitions help with a lot of that same energy and that same sense is like just putting yourself through your own paces in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's healthy to recalibrate your mindset about that because I, look, I want to do well, but I'm under no illusion that I, I lose a lot more than I win all the time, <laughs> all the time. Right. But, yeah. but that's, but that's like not the goal necessarily for me. It's just to like do the best that I can in front of the people that are there. Yeah. Um, and like, that's it. That's all I have. Um, control over. And then especially, you know, when you're just starting out, we all know that if you're operating in this like singing system that we have here mm -hmm. in the United States, you're really only going to be viable as long as you can pay for the stuff. Yep. And I hate that. And we all I hate, hate that. that. Yeah. And so many people are working so hard right now to try to figure out how to not make that happen, how to like call out these inequities. Until then, this is the reality of our business, unfortunately. Right, right. And that's a thing that they don't really tell you about in school. And no. you get out and you're like, oh, I got to pay for all this? Oh, no. Yeah. Um, or, you know, even if you don't know a friend that you can stay with on their couch, like that also is like a huge expense. Um, so competitions are good in that sense because you want to be spending someone else's money to get yourself started, yep. period. Period. Um, <laughs> like, so if that's, a viable thing that can happen, mm -hmm. um, especially some of these um, competitions that are worth, if you're ready, right? So like you have to kind of gauge with your team if certain opportunities are the right ones for you, but the ones that provide like ongoing support, especially mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that. And even like, I mean, let's be real, like literally just a big chunk of money is going to be so helpful right. to so many people. <laughs> um, so that like, to try, try so hard to not spend all of your own money right. trying to get yourself started. Because, um, I mean, I, I know, like, we, we know how poopy things are. Um, I will say that over, especially the conversations and the things that I've been involved in the past year, there are lots of people that are racking their brains every day to think about how to make this better. Yeah. Um, a specific group that I'll shout out is Think Tank. So it's yeah. a think tank for singers. Um, I'm incredible. a cabinet member this year. Yeah. We had our first summit in September great. and it was awesome. Yeah. It was really, really great. Um, I know that 
they're working on summarizing sort of what that summit was and then to release that and kind of figure out where we need to be gathering data of certain things, right? Because that's important because we all know and feel, we know the things that feel unfair to us, Mm -hmm. right? But if Mm -hmm. we can actually quantify those things and say, hey, this is what's happening. You can't like, I don't care how I feel about it, but you can't run away from these numbers right here. You can't run away from this statistic. Right. Then that actually, you know, people are more likely to go, oh, okay. We didn't realize, you know, right. Right. Cause there, there are too many things in this business where people can go, Ooh, they're difficult. And I'm like, (laughs) what does that mean? You know what I mean? So like to be able to spread it out (laughs) Uh and go, Hey, this is this. Let's call a thing a thing. Um, it's super helpful. So like join Think Tank and yeah. like try to get involved because um, we need we need everybody's like ideas and stuff because um, that's really how this is going to get better. And, you know, we all don't know what our other blind spots are because yeah. like, you know, I obviously a big fan of diversity, but I understand like that means like everybody, everybody, yep, everybody. Exactly. Um, well, and so we need diversity in all of its senses. That's exactly, yeah, that's yeah. exactly the point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, I know that not very many new problems are being surfaced. Like mm-hmm. we know what the problems are and they really think, and I wish that they weren't that way, especially as someone who it looks like on paper career has done the thing that they told you that if you would do it, then it, everything would be fine. Right. It's right. Not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I recognize, you know, where I have privilege and where I don't yeah. in, in this business. And it's, um, it's not sexy work to think about how to solve these problems and to try to figure this out. Yeah. But it is necessary work. Mm-hmm. Um, the most complex problems are always <laughs> yeah. the most necessary. And you're right. It, it, it's hard and it definitely requires a lot of, a lot of deep work, but also a lot of reimagining how we do things. And that can feel very scary. And I think a lot of people start to just go, okay, okay, nope. Um, this is, this is scary and I don't want to have to change things. And so let's deal with this problem another time. And so I think anytime you can at least show up at the table and say, and say like, okay, I'm willing to, I'm willing to at least keep looking at this problem, right? Instead of just being like ostrich in the sand, like, yeah. and just say, well, I know that there may not be an easy solution, but I'm here to at least talk about things moving in that direction. And right. that's so important. I'm yeah. So glad you're think, doing this. Yes. Because <laughs> I think, um, you know, uh, there's so much, especially last year with like, you know, fear and scarcity and things like that, that there's, there's so many people that are just in like, okay, it could always get worse, but like, yeah, it could always get better. Yes. So like, yes. you know, we can, we can hold both of these things at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's just like super empowering um, because, you know, we know that yeah. singers are infantilized a lot. Yeah. And just the terminology, right. Of like young artists, when I'm like programs that I've been in, I'm like, you know, we're people in their thirties, at least people have kids, like houses, animals, responsibilities. Like, I don't know what's young about this, Yeah, but it's that kind of, you know, language that helps, helps the company feel better if they don't, they don't have to pay us on time or they pay us like a weird interval. And I was like, 
y'all getting paid like this? Or the right. people in the office getting paid like this? Is the orchestra getting paid like this? No. Right. Right. So why is it okay for us? Right. You know, and just kind of like, especially um, with all of these like renegotiations of CBAs and stuff like that, where it's sort of like, as singers, we are told so many times that like, you're just grateful to be there. Like, you're just happy to be there. Like, don't, yeah. you know, say anything or whatever. But, you know, the truth is that businesses, right, and companies demonstrate their values by what they invest in, mm-hmm. period. Because period. all anyone's budget is, is just a visual declaration of what they believe to be valuable. Exactly. Exactly. So if there are things missing from that, that we would all like to see, call them out on it. Because I know that there's a lot of companies that are like, they're not going to read a 990 or they're not going to look mm-hmm. at these disclosures. And it's like, well, yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like you can say one, like, I think hopefully saying one thing and then doing another is like, right. we're not going to get away with it anymore right. because we can see, like we yeah. can see it. And I also feel, I mean, you know, we're small tangent, but as far as the like spending money and the things that we're going to invest in, Mm -hmm. this is where I feel a lot that new music bias comes in because, and I've sung probably at this point more new music than anything else, which like, I didn't know that was going to (laughs) happen, but it just just happens, right? (laughs) You know, we don't know what's where the opportunities are going to come or the skill sets that we're going to need. But anyway, so this is sort of what's happened to my career and I'm, I'm very happy about it and the projects and things that I get to be a part of. Um, But I will say that there's this weird thinking that like, because something's new, it's not hard. Uh, Wait, what? (laughs) Because I mean, look at the schedules, right? You know, a contract that was canceled for me last year is we're a new show. We were supposed to do, four shows back to back, but then fall staff at the same festival was doing two shows separated by a day and then a week off and then two shows <laughs> separated by a day and a week off. And I was like, okay, but like people know fall staff, like we can just <gasps> find people. <laughs> Sorry. Like you weren't going to, you weren't going to do John Falstaff like that. So I don't know why you're going to do us like this and think that it's going to be fine. <laughs> This is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> no, this happens. This happens all the time, all the time. Oh, well, and I mean, I know that it happens in the orchestra world as well. It, and it's not, it's not that they think that it's less hard. It's that they don't value it as much. And so the, the new piece on the program always gets like the shortest amount of rehearsal time. Exactly. And you're like, why are you doing this? The composer will probably be there. They can hear you. <laughs> right. Yeah. But again, so like, you know, in that equation, time is money. Yes. Yeah. So that's why they don't want to spend the time because they don't want to spend the money. Yeah, exactly. So that, that happens a lot. And I don't know, like it's, it's really frustrating and it's also like really obvious. Um, Cause I'm like, you know, when I sing not new music, y'all don't stack the rehearsals like this, Uh you know, Uh or you don't stack the shows like this. So, Uh um, and I, I mean, I don't know, like, I, I don't really know what, what that is in particular. I think also, as far as like, a, from a planning standpoint, people have to make decisions about things before they've heard them. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is not good. <laughs> so I, I would just love to see like, the exact same level, right, of attention and resources go to programming new music, as mm-hmm. well as the other things that we're programming. Yes. Um, Cause I'm like, 
if they're all on the same poster, then like, let's just like do it the same. Um, I don't know why that is. Companies don't always uh, like so much more in your new music that there's, there's like relevancy plus like the future of our art form. I mean, obviously, you know, that this is going to be my soapbox, but still the, the fact that there is a, there is a much deeper conversation to be had about this, which is, is connecting with audiences and the, the relevancy. And I'm going to say that in like kind of broad strokes, right? Relevancy uh, that you're all working real hard for at the moment. And then you're going to, then you're going to like shortchange the, the production. Like, I, I don't understand where, how that connects. I, like we all need to be all on the same page about these things. Hey there divas. Real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode. Do you love Studio Class? You can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash mezzoenen, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes, you can make listener requests, and for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? Here's your chance. As a Masterclass Scholar, you're invited to the recording of the Masterclass episodes, and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive Q&A after the taping. So come on over, check it out, patreon.com slash And now we're back to the episode. Wait, and I don't know. I mean, you have a better sense of how this works because like you do commission things and like you are in charge of like programming things to like a certain extent but I feel like god bless all the composers because it's real hard that's real hard (laughs) right it's real hard and um, composers god bless you (laughs) like and to like for them to try to get paid it is like an act of god right because so many of these grants they can't pay themselves out of and I was like so the music is just gonna happen like how does this happen (laughs) just magically happens you know, it's just so hard to get pieces, especially if we're talking about operas or, you know, things of scale off the ground. Yes. It's so hard. So assuming that you've gotten lucky and you have a grant or some company is going to like commission you or whatever, right. but then it's like not enough money. Yep. So then a lot of times that stuff ends up being smaller than it would be normally, right. um, which again, can work wonders, right? right for right. chamber pieces or, you know, any kind of instrumentation combination, electronics, like there's so many cool things to be done, but because the money's not there to begin with, then we end up with all these like sort of smaller scale pieces that may or may not have been envisioned that way. Exactly. So then we end up putting all of the new things, not on the big stage or not on the main stage exactly. and putting them in like special little things uh-huh. because, we think that this is what the intention was the whole time. When I was like, now nah, you get what you pay for and you pay yeah. for this. Yeah. Like you paid for medium. We want a large. Right. So um, I think that that is also, even if they don't mean it that way. And again, like commissioning companies or organizations or whatever, obviously they believe in new music on some level, right? right? Because they're, they're paying for it. Right. But you know, when you keep seeing like, oh, we're going to do like the 12th revival of this on the main stage. Awesome. But this new piece, sure, we'll do it wherever. We're just yeah. happy it's getting done. But it's like, but then you're, you're signaling, right, that it's not as important. Right, right. You're signaling that it doesn't require the same resources or is not worth the same 
uh, intellectual investigation, right, that other pieces are. Symphonies don't have a problem because it's like, y'all play where y'all play. But, <laughs> you know, this sort of like, okay, well, this gets to happen in, you know, the big, beautiful house. Right. And you guys are going to be uh, down the street. So, right. <laughs> You're like, which, again, if it works. Hall that's like not really a theater. Can we put you in there? Right. You're like, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but again, yeah. like what you spend money on is what you believe is important. Right. Right. And I think you're so right. I wish I I always want to tout people joining boards for their local organizations they care about. And so you as a board member and especially even even if you're younger, like approaching them and and saying that you're interested in being like being part of their governing body. Many times people are looking for you. They want your different perspectives, you know. And then practicing reading those 990s, reading like, uh, you know, statements. So reading the statements, the financial statements that you get while being a board member for an organization is is an incredible look at how things are happening and what's getting done, where people's values are. And and so I just I'm always wanting people to kind of like if if you care about an organization in your community that that does this kind of work, like approach them p- about being on the board at some point, you know, let them know that you're interested. And right, there's obviously if they're huge legacy organizations, there's like, there, that might be a, a big ask, but like yeah. there are so many organizations, there are so many companies that are doing the work in all places around the country. Like, and this is a really great example of being able to be involved at that level. So. I, I always just want people to kind of consider it, you know, don't, don't think it's not for you. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, so many of these things, like we have to change from the inside out because it's pretty obvious that outside in hasn't been working yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's just the way that it is. And I, I think also when you are offering people something new or an alternative to the way that things are being done, it is going to be more work for you. And like, that does stink. But if you can make it as simple as possible and be like, we can try this, we aren't going to lose any more money than we've already lost trying this thing. Here's, you know, here's my vision for this. What do you think? If you can just make it as simple for people as possible, um, that is also helpful. And then you can also get sort of like, oh, okay, well, you're not very interested in this. Could you, you know, tell me why? Like, how could you get interested in this? And just try to like work people from that angle, because a lot of it is going to be inside out transformation. And a lot of that is incrementalism and it will be slower than pretty much everybody wants, but that is what we have right now. Like that's, that's the reality. Um, So yeah, I just, I just would love to see, I don't know, just more like empowerment and people going, you know what this does, it affects my life and affects the life of my friends. And I mean, especially last year, right? When people were like, ooh, make a donation. I'm like, you're going to pay my friends first? Yeah. Right. Because I was like, you know, I'm I'm not here to make sure that an institution survives to be an institution. Like, I'm here to make sure that, like, my friends have food in their fridge yeah. and are, you know, being paid and compensated fairly for their labor. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of slow work inside Mm -hmm. out but I I know that singers aren't afraid right we're not afraid of like work because why would we do this yeah (laughs) (laughs) because it is you know it's it's a lot it's 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 so much 
to stay on top of um, and literally like mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, like anyway, it's like, it's a lot. So um, I would just love to see like, I don't know, more of that. And also like, it's not just the calling out, but it's also like the calling in, right? where I am so glad that people feel comfortable to be like, hey, this, this looks weird. Can we talk about this? Or like, walk me through how this happened. Right. Um, and so that blank, yep. right? It's not just like the end of the conversation. It's the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, I see some things that are good that have changed. I also see something starting to be the same. And I'm like, please don't do that. Right, like, right. what if we didn't make people's perceived availability be the litmus test for their drive? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. then we end up with the same thing where it's like, yeah, well, not everyone can afford to just drop everything and show up, you know, in a week somewhere yeah. to sing and get all that together. Like, that seems like a lot. Right, right. Well, and then very rarely is it like compensated for the the incredible feat that it is and so you're like <laughs> I was like very oh. rarely like never <laughs> yeah so so you're like oh right okay so part of that is making sure and I I think there's so many great examples of this and one of the reasons I like having these conversations is is people being able to say like I have boundaries around this thing I encourage you to have boundaries know what your values are and so you, that might be the right gig for you, right? That's fine, fine, whatever, do that. So, but some of the things that are not the right gig for me are, you know, things where people aren't getting paid fairly, things where it's uh, too tight of a time frame. So we're not really respecting people's health, wellness, and like being, you know, that those are things where I'm going, I draw boundaries around that. And I'm sure, all right, what can you suggest like something, you know, that you have that you've been able to kind of draw your own boundaries around with, with the way that you work? Yeah. So I think like an interesting mind shift for me has been like thinking about singing is just one work stream of the things that I do. Uh-huh. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'm not a singer or I'm not <laughs> taking this seriously or, yeah, right. you know, whatever. It's just like, look, we know what the reality is. We know that except for the 1% of singers, people didn't work last year. Not a lot of people have any money saved up that student loans are crushing everybody, that it's really expensive to do this, um, and that fees have been slashed, right, and will continue to, because they were already cut in 2008, and now they're going to get, and then, you know, depending on the institution, we're cut again, and then now we're going to be cut again. So we already are recognizing that there are very few places that are theoretically paying, like, a living wage, and even if they are, okay, your gig's four weeks or five weeks long. What are you going to do for the other, you know, 40-some weeks? Exactly. So we've already like, this is, it's just wild to me that it's like, we have to reiterate this fact, Mm -hmm. but because that is a fact, no artist should feel any kind of way about doing the work that may not be primarily in performance Mm -hmm. to make sure that they're able to do that. If that's what they want to do, to make sure that Mm -hmm. their bills are paid to make sure that their rent is paid. Right. Because it's it's already very clear that you know, unless you're super, super lucky, right? It's you. the fees aren't paying enough and the competition aren't paying enough. And in fact, they're costing money to be a part of. Right. So thinking of it as just one work stream of me, a person of the work that I do, 
is really helpful because I can evaluate things and go, ah, that's too tight. I don't think, I don't think I want to do that. Or I'm not paying that. Like Mm -hmm. that's too much money to just, you know, be flying everywhere at the last minute. That doesn't mean that I'm not committed to my career. That just means that at some point we have to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work. Again, I understand that I say this from the standpoint of having some kind of career, right? And Mm -hmm. I I have management. So a lot of things are brought to me. I don't have to look for them, which is helpful. And that I, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to have the connections that I have, right? So I understand that like me saying that is different than someone else Mm -hmm. starting Mm -hmm. out understanding that but if we can like free ourselves mentally from the shackles of like the only money that can go into my bank account has to be from performances yeah. or you know that I'm only a singer if blank I, yeah um, Those the, are biggies. the better <laughs> the better it is for you because then you aren't going to feel like man I'm really reliant on you know these coins or whatever because then you can also go well you know, like I did a thing that did not pay what it was supposed to pay, yeah. but I was like, you know what? I have another job yeah. that pays me. Yeah. And I, I haven't worked for this company before. Mm-hmm. I haven't worked with this creative team before. I have a lot of friends that live in this city mm-hmm. so I can see them. Yeah. So the pay cut isn't that bad if I think about that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it still was like not what it should have been. Right. But you know, like you can, you can decide right for yourself, what is going to work and what's not going to work. I just, I just hope that people take that lesson earlier rather than later, because I know that there's, there's a lot of like gatekeeping stuff. That's like real poopy. Yeah. And there's a sense of like, you have to be a certain level or have achieved certain things to be able to like complain when I'm like, why is everything a complaint? Like, why can't we just have a discussion about why we apparently don't want to pay people like, yeah, well, and also or just we like don't saying... want to respect people's time or we don't want to <laughs> whatever, you know, like it's a, I just hope people are more comfortable, like calling a thing, a thing. Yeah. Or just laying out and being like, this is a thing that I can't do right now. Mm-hmm. And especially with people having come off, like not working with for a thing that's like going to be like, I mean, I would love to see them try it. If they're like, Oh, find your own housing. And I'm like, <laughs> with, excuse me, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to what? <laughs> You know, because, and and that's the thing too, is that, you know, we, again, with like the money keeping you in the game, so much of what you're making, if you're making something is going into the expenses, upfront expenses for the next thing. And I have seen some change, right? Like I have seen some contracts where it's like immediately on signage, I get half, Yep, which is great because also I'm like, yeah, because I have to learn this. (laughs) Um. Or, you know, at a certain point before you open, you're going to get this chunk. And then if we open, you get this chunk because so many things were messed up when some people are per performance and then those performances didn't happen because of COVID. Or if you were weekly in rehearsal and then you got paid, but then other people did, it was a mess. So I've seen that. I've seen um, a company that did have to postpone a contract that I had for 2020 that's like yeah. punted it to next year where it was like, Hey, we'll pay you up to 25% of your fee at the time that you would have gotten it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like there's, there's things that we can do and things that I'm like, I don't think this is super unreasonable because I don't, I would hate for us to go through all of this 
and then have it be like, yeah, and I think singers should just continue to be super vulnerable and pay for everything. Yeah. Like right. I, I, I would really hate for that to be the conclusion <laughs> that, right. Or also that, you know, this is a thing that we would um, allow. Yeah. And I know that, you know, there are lots of companies that have been, if you're like, Hey, like, can I get an advance on this fee? Because I have to learn this and I have this and I have that. I mean, also like, you don't really have to explain yourself. You can just be like, Hey, can I have this? And a lot of times, like I've heard that they say yes. And I know that people don't do that because they don't want to ruin this perception or whatever. But I mean, like pride isn't keeping the lights on, you know? Well, and I think that's kind of like what, what I keep kind of the direction that I'm coming at this from with the, which is like healthy boundaries. You are, you are in charge of your business and you are working together to say like, well, you are giving me money for this thing that I'm giving to you. (laughs) And so as part of this contract, what are the best terms for both of us, right? You're not going into this saying like, I'm going to be difficult and I'm going to make this contract really terrible, right? For, for you, like this person that I'm working with, I'm going, no, let's make this contract really great for both of us so that we both go into this with, with the best that we possibly can, the best situation, because contracts are just, are, are just like written out expectations. And so the clearer you are in that part, the better. Right. And they do flow both ways. And I think that a lot of times, like, again, we're conditioned just be like, I'm just so happy to see this, like, oh, I can't yeah. say anything. Or I, I understand, you know, people don't want to go through like a lot of back and forth. But like, again, it does flow both ways. And you are a business and they are pretending like they're a business. Sometimes they don't do things the businesses should do. But anyway, um, then you can, you know, really go, well, you know, for me and what I, I need, I think this is something that would work very well, right? Because like you are a professional, you have expertise, they are paying for that. Yep. And it's not just, uh, you know, I, I will suffer and you will give me money. Mm-hmm. That's like, because they don't want that either. Oh, no. um, so, I mean, yeah, I just, I just hope that there's ways to have these conversations that are mutually beneficial to all the parties involved mm-hmm. and would not reflect, you know, poorly on you in the future or your future dealings. And also like, if you're not sure, right. So a thing that has been helpful um, for people starting out is that depending on like what the contract is, right. Mm-hmm. If there's, if we're looking at, you know, maybe a D house, but you know, C house and above certainly, but possibly some D houses. Um, and I mean that by like the budgetary ranking that Opera America does of, um, you know, opera companies. And like, if you're, I think it's like, if they're like a million or less then it's like D and then it goes up, um, that it's not like they're bad, No, no. but <laughs> sometimes <laughs> no, they're but the best places to work. Like, but important. yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you're not sure and you have a contract and you're like, well, you know, I'm super happy to have this contract and this looks super fun, but I don't know. I, I, I think I'll need a rental car or I don't know if I could come this day or could I leave? And um, if you have any sort of experience with a manager that has been positive, even if you're not on the roster or they're not looking to sign someone, but they know who you are because they've seen you sing at this thing or this competition, 
um, you know, sometimes you can send an email and reach out and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Um, I believe we met at this. Yep. I have been offered a contract for this thing. And I was hoping to get some advice about how to negotiate it or whatever. And then sometimes we'll like do it for not very much money, or um, sometimes a lot of people will do it for free. And especially if it's like a certain level of contract, it's going to look very, it looks very enticing that you can get your own work because yeah. that is essentially what you have to keep doing. Yeah. And then like you can have help and then that takes the heat off of you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's again, boundaries. Right. So like, I don't really hear when I don't get things. I just don't hear anything. Yeah. But when I hear things, like it's very good right. because, you know, there is, my managers are filtering, filtering that to me. And I'm sure if I ask, and I have asked before and I'd be like, I don't understand, you know, how this didn't happen. And then yeah. they'll go, well, you know, this is what we heard, but it's my choice whether to engage with that or not. So just any little buffer that you can have, because again, none of us want to be perceived as like needy or difficult or whatever, which is like, you know, recalibrate all those words. Right. But um, that's like a good way to have your boundaries and then to stick up for yourself professionally, but in a way that it's not directly yep. impacting your like emotional well-being. Yeah. Right. I think that's a um like a great piece of advice. Yes. Cause that's I, I know a ton of people that like have worked like that. Um it's just like they didn't really know. And again, you know, I think for the most part, we have a pretty realistic view of where we are at any point in time in our career and what's possible for us and, and the connections and things like that and, and what's not possible. But that's kind of what I mean about some of this stuff being gate kept yep. because it's like, well, how would you even be in contact with these people if you weren't at these places? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, that stinks too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So just like, you know, stuff like that, because again, like, there had been a conversation where it was like this panel love those and um this young singer wanted to know basically this right um and I I mean I wouldn't say young I'm starting out right yeah I'm trying to eliminate the phrase young artist from my vocabulary because yeah. it's not helpful and it's not yeah. accurate um and this person had gotten this gig at the smaller house but it was like super exciting and you know it was going to be one of the first freelance things but there were just a couple things that this person wanted um, to like have looked at or see if there was any wiggle room because honestly for some places um, the fee is what it is. Like you can get a little bit more maybe, but like the fee is what it is. So then look at other things that are possible. Like, okay, well, can I get a car or can I get a car to myself? Or is this what accommodations are? Or can I get this? Um, Because sometimes there is more wiggle room in those things. Yeah. But this person was asking this panel that had like, you know, some very famous singers and people. And <laughs> the singer was like, oh, you don't you don't say anything. You're just happy to be there. You don't even you know. And I just was like, <sighs> are we still doing this? Are we still doing this? But then the person was like, oh, and, you know, felt very like embarrassed. Right. That this famous singer would call them out for handling their business. I don't know. Oh. And then after I. I just was like, wow, okay. And after I was like, hey, this is how you would go about doing that. Yeah, thank you. Thank God. Because you <laughs> because you are in charge of it. Like you're in charge of it all, you know? And knowing how to finesse certain things or not is, is really important. I mean, I know 
I've probably made a million mistakes at the beginning <laughs> of my have. career, like, but, but we all have, and we have to just like, let that go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, you know, it is, it is your business and you largely determine how it goes and what you will accept yeah. and what you will not. Yeah. And that's different for everybody. And that is perfectly like great and okay. I understand that so many things are on people starting out to figure out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was in, it was like my second youngers program. I don't know. Yeah. And we had this meeting, right. Where the artistic uh, coordinator or somebody in artistic, it wasn't like the artistic director, but under that. So someone that was going to make decisions about who was getting auditions and who was not, and mm-hmm. who's in communication with, you know, people in places and who's not. Yep. And this class was supposed to be about, you know, resumes and um, rep sheets and headshots and stuff like that. And essentially this person brought in a big pile of actual people's resumes and headshots and stuff and put them on the table and was like, I super dislike this one. Here's why. But I'm like, one of them I actually knew because they were in my school at the time. And I just was like, I was like, oh my gosh. And she was like, what, do you know this person? I was like, yeah. They were like, well, then you should tell them, blah, blah, blah. I was like, how is that my job? <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Hey, hope you're having a great summer. Um, anyway, about like, ugh. But it also was like, okay, that would have been super helpful to just have on your website. Like, hey, if you're sending us a cover letter, make it look like this. Yes. Yeah. Right. It doesn't and have to be some sort of weird gauntlet of things. Like, be. Or like. <laughs> I don't like their picture. I was like, well, how do they sound? I don't, I don't, but it just, but it's like, you know, so it it ends up being on people. Like I I didn't know how stuff was supposed to look. So I just went to like people's websites that I liked, or I saw were like getting work or were a couple steps ahead of me. And I was like, well, what does their stuff look like? Yeah. Okay. It looks like this. And then I just like made my stuff look like their stuff. Yep. But that would be cool if we didn't have to do that. Right. Right. Or, you know, just getting that, I, uh, just being able to share that. That's also so much of, you know, we had talked about 29 days to be, but that's so much of why I just started doing that. Cause I was like, I was like, but how, why, what, <laughs> like, how do you make this happen? And then I was like, okay, well, if I figure something out, I'm just going to write about it and like, just share my own experience about all of these little things that I was like, here you go. Just leave like just a little little nugget that I found out the hard way and now sharing it with you. (laughs) Right. Like it doesn't have to be this thing, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's like the scarcity mindset of singing where people are like, well, if I tell someone how to make their resume look good, then I won't get this job. And it's like, Oh, you're like, I don't, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live like that either. (laughs) Um, But it's, you know, it's, it's that stuff. Right. Or it's, you know, Oh, another big, big thing. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> give give your binder to your collaborative pianist and say, does this look okay? Mm-hmm. Is this weird? Do these page turns all work? Mm-hmm. How would you like this? Especially if you have like a DeCapo RA or something where if there's like a weird last page cadenza thing that yeah. you know you might want to fold yep. out or whatever. Like 
they will be happy to do that because one, you're saving them pain. Mm-hmm. And two, they're going to know if they were playing this, how would this would work? Or if someone else would be like, oh, they probably think this. Yeah. Yeah. For and sure. I'm like, that, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't take very much. But again, control what you can control mm-hmm. because you never know if you're bringing your own pianist, if there's going to be a pianist. And, you know, right. if you really need this part played correctly or this oh, yeah. then going to go well, or you're waiting like this for the A section to restart of your, the capo aria, like just, you know, do yourself literally all the favors you possibly can. Bingo. Bingo. I love that. Ariana, we're, I want to talk to you forever, honestly. And so I'm, you know, I'll just message you and we'll continue doing this later, but I am going to, (laughs) I'm going to rapid fire some of our questions for studio for you as we kind of like, round out our, our our time together right so okay rapid fire questions what is an intention that you're keeping for yourself right now Ooh, um so I have daily affirmation cards that I just like got um and that's been super helpful for me that I just pick one and I put one on my desk and my mind does wander from time to time and then I can just look over and um, go back to it. So that's been super helpful um, for me. So the one for today is I'm at peace with my past. Wow. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> right. So, um, so I just, I have a different one every day. I think overall, I mean, I'm just, I feel like I'm just here to help problem solve and be helpful and be the best artist that I can be and make sure that I am fulfilling my own expectation um, around like the level of artistry that I, I want to put forth, but also the type of colleague that I want to be and the type of partner and friend and family member. Um, so that's like my, my macro thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, second question. Uh, what is a technical skill that you love to teach? Well, I, okay. So weird technique thing that I've been like doing lately that I might, I might just like show you one second. <laughs> well, and then also we'll narrate because it's a podcast. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, uh, um, okay. So I am not, uh, I'm, how old am I? I feel like last year didn't happen. Anyway, I know, right? So I'm in my thirties. I'm not in my twenties anymore. I used to just sing and I could sing anything and like not warm up. Right. That, that was dumb of me. I know better now, but you know, I just, I was just like, Oh sure. I'll roll out of bed and just, you know, sing all these high C's like whatever. Yeah, and now yeah. I'm like, you want me to do what? <laughs> so, um, you know, really understanding like how warm is warm for me yeah. because I can't just luxuriate in the practice room before an audition. Like I used right. to, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. So I was seeing this on Twitter, which, you know, it's a mixed bag over there, but um, I was seeing all these like European singers have this like thing. And I was like, oh, I keep seeing it. And then my friend Tara was, you know, had some video of her being like backstage and amazing. And I like messaged her. I was like, hey, like I keep seeing this, like, what is this? So it's sort of like that straw technique thing, but it's like with like a little, like, it looks like a water bottle. And then it's like this rubber thing. Okay. And then you put water in it and then you can, you know, do your little buzzing sort of easy voice yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. This thing is amazing because wow. I did, I, I had my second audition, um, in two years. 
this week. And of course, like both of them were for super large places, which I was like, oh, I'd love to do this. Yeah. (laughs) And then I did, um, I did a workshop for a new piece last week, all last week. And, um, I sing leapy weird things. That's essentially like what I do, but this thing helped me like warm up literally in like five minutes Yeah. and like was great. It's been absolutely awesome. So that has been super nice. Um, a technique thing, honestly, I feel like so much of singing is mental instead of like physical, because if you can harness whatever that is, then like your body knows what to do. You just have to like sort of let it and like Mm -hmm. remind it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I, you can tell, like, you can, t- the audition that I just gave, like, I thought it went really well, which is great because I was like, words, what are they? Yeah. And um, for me, when things are like, so good, like, I was like, my breath was there. And like, I think I sound okay. And when that stuff happens to me, it just feels like it's like threading a needle where yeah. it's just like, it's just like this and your air is great and your words are great and everything's great. And it's like, just on the sort of you know, plain or it doesn't, it doesn't feel scary. Like, Oh, at any second, you know, something bad could happen, but it's like, okay, I, all of these notes have potential. They have potential to grow. They have potential to be smaller. We have potential to go here. We have potential to go there. So it's like, just Mm -hmm. whatever you can do to set yourself up as solidly as you can, you know, brain, breath, voice, body wise, Mm -hmm. um, is, is good. Yeah. No, I love that. All of that. That's, that's great. Okay. Next question. Uh, you know, my love of micro actions, that feeling of like just chunking things down so that you can like do it every day gets like its own little micro action. You feel like you're moving forward. What is a micro action that you feel like has helped you in your career? Oh, so I make calendars when I have something to learn Yeah. and I basically figure out, you know, when am I responsible for this thing? okay, it's this date and it is this date. And then I look through the score and say, okay, what scenes and stuff am I responsible for? Okay. If I put these on these calendar to not just like learn. And then if I have to memorize, it's a different thing, but if it's just learning plus inserting days of review, days of rest, that just like keeps me on track and then get right. It's, it's like the, you know, eating the elephant in small bites type uh-huh. idea because yeah. um, sometimes it's very easy to feel like super overwhelmed, yes. especially if it's, it's a large opera or it's a large role or it's something, some kind of repertoire that you're not super familiar with. Right. And it's, it's always like, Oh, cool. I got the job. And it's like, what is, what's in it? Like, what does yeah. that <laughs> look like? And then sort of like, Oh, I have to learn all of this. And then right. it's like, Oh, okay. I can do it. So I'm, yeah. I'm always a big plan of a big fan of work, the plan, plan, the work. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Because that's really the only way. And especially if you are working a different non-singing job or you have lots of other responsibilities, Yep. If you are sticking to your plan, no matter what else is going on in your life, you're going to get it done. There's yep. no like shooting on yourself or stress right. about it. Um, so like organization is your friend. This has taken me a while to sort of see even in like my whole life where it's like, well, I could organize this drawer today and it will be annoying, but if it stays organized then it will save me time later. Yes. So it's just work, you know, always working smarter and not harder. So do you, you, like you said, you break yours down kind of by scenes by, and then you said you do like your learning days, you do a review day, rest days. Like, do you have kind of a ratio that you try to 
do those in or like you can kind of tell how many learning days and how many review days you need for each one? Yeah, I mean, I think it so it depends on like, you know, um, how big it is or if there's like acts or whatever. So, you know, the one that I made originally for like Figaro. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of days. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would try to do like, you know, four, four days of learning, one day of review, one day of rest, mm-hmm. that type of ratio for the workshop yeah. I just did. Um, everything sort of like flowed together. So they weren't like mm-hmm. scenes per se, but I did have to break that up for myself. Yep. And um, because I had less time and because it was shorter, it ended up being like sort of a two to one, yeah. but then um, not working linearly because look, we know what the hard stuff is just by yeah. looking at it. Yep. And as fun as it is to sing the stuff that we think is easier or we think sounds super good, you are going to want to spend all of the time on the thing that is harder and seems yeah. less fun. <laughs> I'm so, so a lot of times <laughs> that, you know, so a lot of times that ends up being it right Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. that ends up being like really tricky like this workshop the last like part of music that I sang I was like oh this is so hard and I kept being like is this like is this like a tone row and I'm not getting it (laughs) no it was just hard it's just weird but I was like I'm gonna have to spend the most time on this gotta love those angular lines (laughs) because I I never want my preparation to be like you know that drawing of a horse where the first part of the horse is like beautiful and the last half is just like gobbledygook so (laughs) I you you never want your preparation of a role to be like that no. where it's like the first part of the horse is like, you know, all the, the arias and ensembles that you super like, and then no. it's like, you know, rapid or like the couple lines in that ensemble that you like never really learned uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, happening. <laughs> oh. oh my God. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. 100% to all of that. <laughs> all right, my dear. Um, I believe deeply, deeply in the power of curiosity, and I am wondering uh, about something that you are curious about these days. Oh, well, a thing that I have been thinking about a lot and thinking about like new music and some of the performances that I've been able to see um, recently is just how I believe that new music especially right but just music making like singing right is the greatest act of optimism that we can possibly do Mm. because we all are so hopeful that it goes well we're hopeful that it lands we're hopeful that it resonates with the audience we are in communion and community with all the people that are making this thing happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so, and, and I'm not like, I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, super positive or, you know, happy-go-lucky or whatever as a person, but I do believe that that is what music making is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially now where it's, it's so easy to think about everything that's bad and like, there's a lot of bad stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but just that for the little bit that we get to do this, that this is an act of creation. This is an act of hopefulness and this will stop time for us for like that, that little bit. So I've been thinking about that um, a lot. I don't know if that counts as, as creativity, but. And just like, 
I, I think just being open, I think curiosity about being open to what that looks like, you know, that, that right. it, like, it changes yeah. and we don't know, you know, we don't really know what, what that is, but um, just kind of like being fine with whatever shape that that ends up being and being fine with whatever shape our career ends up being, because like, honestly, like we do not know, yeah. you know, I think about singing auditions, right? There's a set number somewhere of the amount of auditions that I will do in my life. I don't know if I'm close to it. I don't know how far away it is, but I know that it's a set number. Yeah. So because I know that, then like, I'm not going to overthink it and I'm not going to squander that opportunity because I don't know how close I am to that number. Right. Right. I love that. That's really beautiful. Ariana, thank you so much. This is, uh, there's so much to think about. I love this. And I hope any of this made sense. It does. It does. It really does. But before I let you go, I want you to tell, tell all the folks where they can find you or interact with you online, if that's the socials or if it's your website or whatever. So tell, tell us where to find you. Yes. Um, I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook um, <laughs> as Ariana Weir. Um, and my website is arianaweirsoprano.com. Um, I'm happy to interact with people. If you're like, I need advice about this thing, help. Or do you know anything about this? Like, I'm always happy to, um, to try to help. And if I don't know the answer, like I'll, I will find someone that does. Yeah. I love that. See, connecting your connecting nature. <laughs> oh, and just for anybody who's actually listening, listening to this, it's weir is W E H R. So Ariana weir.com. So, <laughs> yes. okay. Thank you, my dear. This has been such a joy. I always love talking to you, as I said. So thank you so much for being a Masterclass uh, guest on Studio Class. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hey, before you go, do you have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there, at Mezzoinen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends. Or even strangers, really. So, with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening! <laughs>